The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The United States government is in flux as the presidential election rages on. And the Red Sox decide to sneak in some extremely important information while everybody else is looking at Steve Kornacki's big board. Everybody, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, and make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question for a future episode. And speaking of mailbag questions, we're going to start running through those today. It's Friday. What else are you going to do? Uh, We're going to talk Cora in a little bit and unveil a new segment that we call the Hate Update. But first, let's just dip into the mailbag and see what you guys have to ask us. Uh, Thomas, how are you feeling on this Friday? Pretty good. It's about time we got some mailbags. Glad uh, we're getting some interaction here. We got to have the fans talking more and more. This offseason is as uncertain as any offseason is going to be. A lot of things, a lot, there's going to be a lot of moving parts, a lot of complicated aspects of it from the financial side, from you know the trade uh, perspective side. So let's hear it all. Come on. We, we need the discourse. Anything can happen. This is, this is as unpredictable as it's going to be. So let's fire these babies up. Sweet. Let's let's kick it off with a fun one because uh, I don't know. There's nothing I like talking about more than uh, people I do not like. I'd rather talk about someone I don't like than someone I do like, uh, which is why I'm glad that El Sosa on Apple Podcast asked us, who do we hate more? Us, specifically us, or Yankee fans in general. I, you know, we'll be the ones who answer it. Who do we hate more? Kevin Cash, Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash, or the Houston Asterisks? Thomas, where do you where do you stand on this? Oh, it's got to be it's got to be the Astros. I don't mind Kevin Cash to be honest with you. I think he's a cool dude. Um, you know, he said some shitty things when uh, he kind of lost his mind after Chapman threw at Mike Brasso, and then Tanaka hit Joey Wendell with you know just a regular fastball in the leg. So it, it claimed that was intentional. 
think he had a little bit of a lapse in judgment there. It was a shortened season. The Rays wanted to, you know, juice everything up and get their mojo going. So he fired up the troops, I guess, and that was his way of doing it. I think it was wrong. I don't really hate the guy. I think he's a good manager. He seems pretty cool. He's an outspoken dude. He's also pretty articulate. You got to hate the Astros. This team is shameless. This team is despicable. Uh, Their players are unapologetic. Now we have their former manager already back in Major League Baseball. And we'll talk about their former bench coach soon enough. But it's the Astros. The players are just – everybody's just so smug on this team. They think they're better than everybody. And now it's going to be great watching them over the next few months and uh, even after this year, the next few years, just slowly lose all their star players. And then they'll go back to tanking like they did from, what, 2012 to 2014, I think it was, when they had – what they have like 300 losses over the course of three seasons. Yeah. Some and crazy shit like that. Yeah. Never forget that the, uh, with those high draft picks, they kind of Philadelphia 76ers did like they yeah. took Correa and Bregman like congrats. They also took Brady Aiken, a, yep. a pitcher who didn't sign. And that's why they had the Bregman pick because they picked someone who, who didn't, who got too hurt to pitch for them. And then Mark Appel, arguably mm-hmm. the worst first overall pick in baseball history. So some, you know, it wasn't that, you know, tanking's not wonderful. You end up with some duds. Yeah, of course. Uh, but that's how they eventually, you know, if they don't have Bregman and Correa, they're not in this spot. But the balls on these guys this offseason, Lance McCullough saying, we don't, we don't really have those big names or those high-paid players. Yes, you do. You got them. You know, even if they're in the third year of arbitration, you gave Alex Bregman a $100 million extension. Justin Verlander and Zach Grinke are in your rotation. Those are big names with guys under under big contracts. And then you know, Carlos Correa is going to talk shit about beating two of the most inept postseason teams in modern day history in the athletics and the twins. So this is the worst team. No comparison between the hatred uh, with them and Kevin Cash. The answer is the Astros. I'll get that out ahead before I even go into it a little bit. Uh, Obviously, they lucked out more than anybody else with the 2020 season and it being fanless and it being this insulated environment where they could pretend it was us against the world instead of the world rightly against them. Um, The one reason and the one argument for Cash is that he's not going anywhere and he's coming off an historic embarrassment. So he's going to be entering 2021 as the Rays manager having just blown a World Series almost by himself, and he's hated by Blake Snell now. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside The Harrington House for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Now, uh, one of his two co-aces, Cash is going to remain the Rays manager, and he's going to remain in our division for a long time, and he's going to be haunted by this World Series failure. So Yankees fans can 1918 Kevin Cash for a while because he's, you know, embarrassed and should be embarrassed. The Astros, meanwhile you know, we despise them and, and they're always going to have done what they did, but there's a good chance that they start dissolving a little bit. Um, you know, George Springer is probably not going to be there when the 2021 curtain raises uh, on the season. Um, he's not going to be the last one to depart. So, you know, Bregman is there probably forever, um, but Correa is a free agent after 2021. If this team starts to look a lot different after 2021, 
we're probably going to start turning our vitriol on the people who have gone to other places like Springer, like AJ Hinch in Detroit, and like Alex Cora in, you guessed it, the worst city on earth. So we've always, like, we're going to have hatred for the 2017 to 2019 Astros forever. I don't think the Houston Astros organization, when these people start going elsewhere, are going to get the same level of hatred from me and Yankee fans. You know, the, the Astros in eight years are, are just going to be some irrelevant organization in the AL West. Um, who've been surpassed by the Seattle Mariners dynasty. But for now, it's the Astros. For the next five or six years, I think that pendulum is going to swing towards cash a little bit. Although, if the Red Sox ever get pitching for Alex Cora, they are going to immediately shoot back to the top of the list. Um, Okay, next question uh, from Alex K. Uh, Which happens this offseason? Which is more likely? A DJ LeMahieu extension, or a free agent signing technically, or a Francisco Lindor trade? What say you? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's gotta be a LeMahieu extension. We kind of talked about, we actually wrote something yesterday about the Lindor trade possibility because apparently according to Bob Nightingale, he's officially hit the trade block and the Indians want to move him before opening day. It is a Bob Nightingale report though. So we gotta, we gotta tread lightly there and not take this as fact. Um, I think a LeMahieu extension is more likely solely because there's going to be too many moving parts to get a Lindor deal done. Not only are you going to have to trade probably two top 10 prospects, you're going to have to sign him to a $200 million plus extension. I know LeMahieu's going to be pricey, probably in the 75 to $90 million range, but you know, the Yankees window is probably within to win a world series is best suited within this next three, four years. So looking ahead to somebody who you want to keep under contract, another, you know, decade long contract. I know we gave one to Garrett Cole, but that was the only option that this team had. I don't think you want to give another one of those, especially because you still have to figure out what's going on with Aaron judge in terms of his future with the team. You need to give, I think you need to give Glaber Torres another full season at short. He only has 138 career games at the position and we're judging him on this very small sample size. Um, And yeah, I mean, if the Yankees are strapped for cash, I don't think you could convince me that they're going to trade a bunch of prospects for a guy and then give him a mega extension as opposed to just, you know, paying a third or a half or 40% of that amount to DJ LeMay, who, who you know works in this system, who is the engine that let, that makes the offense go and is a great veteran presence. So MVP candidate, batting, batting title champ, Silver Slugger Award winner, as announced last night, I think LeMay Hughes the move. LeMahieu's the easier move. I'm, I'm going to maintain that. Uh, I'll set a LeMahieu signing with the Yankees at this point. Uh, you know, you can't go 100%, and you, can't, you can even barely go majority. It'll happen just because we're in such uncertain times, uh, a trademark phrase of 2020. I would say it's a, there's like a 70% chance at this point that the Yankees sign LeMahieu. We have to be prepared for them to not do that, obviously, for, for many obvious reasons. But I think it's quite likely that they come to the table um, and I think a Lindor trade is still like there, there's like a 15% chance or a 10% chance that happens, especially because, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, but if you believe Glaber Torres is the shortstop of the future incontrovertibly right now, you know, I don't know how you could believe that, you, you know, you, you're definitely convincing yourself of a lot and you're projecting, but if you, if you're ready to replace Glaber Torres now, you know, before 2021 even starts after the 60 games you saw in 2020, then you're definitely jumping the gun a little bit and you're making a really expensive calculation because you're sort of jettisoning Glaber already to bring in either a one-year stopgap like Andrelton Simmons, which, you know, not the best use of money, or 
you are, you know, making a Lindor trade uh, and then basically forcing yourself into paying Lindor next offseason. I still think the move is to, you know, give Glaber another year um, and look at the offseason full of shortstop options when Lindor hits free agency and Correa and Corey Seager, probably, and Trevor Story in Colorado. And Javier Baez. And Javier Baez. There is just a buffet of people hitting free agency next offseason. And if you could live with Glaber, like if Glaber comes back and has a 290 hitting 40 home run season at shortstop with 20 errors, you can honestly eat that if you're the Yankees. And if he performs better than that at short, then you have an MVP candidate. So I think you need to play out the 2021 season first before making a drastic move for Lindor. And if the Mets get him, then the Mets get him. You know, I'm not banking on Lindor being my, you know, shortstop or or second baseman or, or whatever at any point. It's not someone who's factored into my future plans. I guess we shall see. Um, okay, this question is from Mark. Which pitcher would you add this offseason if you could only add one pitcher? And, and I assume that includes the guys who could return uh, from the previous uh, Yankees roster. Yeah. yeah, man, this is tough. Look, the reality of this whole situation is that the Yankees need a surefire number two starter. Look at the last three World Series champions even. You have – Obviously, the Dodgers, who had Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. That's a great one-two punch. Then you had Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. Then you had Chris Sale and David Price. David Price is still a very good pitcher. He's definitely a number two guy. I know that he's had his flaws and he's had his choke moments, but he got it done that postseason. He got it done that year, and he was an ace pretty much for the most part before arriving in Boston. That was his, that was his one, I guess, ace-like season with them. And he was he was partnered with Chris Sale, so that was that was a pretty good duo. And before that, you had uh, Verlander and shit. Who was who was the one two? Was it Verlander and uh, Morton? Was he the number two in twenty seventeen? Yeah, Verlander Morton. Keuchel was on that team still. Yeah. Shit, damn, dude, time flies. So you had Verlander, Keuchel, Morton, and McCullers, which is a good rotation. Uh, at that point, was Keiko like a surefire number two? I think he was declining a little bit at that point, but he had the postseason pedigree, and he was kind of nails. He was um, known for specifically kicking our ass because yeah. he destroyed us in 2015, Damn, and, and, like, and every time we faced him, he was like a shutout machine. So scarier for us than other teams. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. So, I mean, you look at the last four World Series champs, and it's obvious that you need a guy like that. However, the only guy like that in free agency this year is Trevor Bauer, and I'm not writing another goddamn article about he, how he is not a fit for this team. He's not a fit for this team. He is, there is no way he is a fit for this team. The Yankees are not signing him. I would bet any amount of money on that. If they sign him, I wouldn't be mad. I'm just trying to let Yankee fans know that this is not a realistic match for so many reasons that I'm not going to get into. But if there was one guy I could add this season, I'd like to keep Tanaka. I like his longevity in terms of his stuff and – uh, you know, he's not, he's not a power pitcher, which is what you kind of want from a guy who's entering, you know, his mid thirties. Uh, and he, I think giving him a three, four year deal would be, would be perfect. He has the familiarity in the Bronx. He has the familiarity in the postseason. You look at other guys here that you could, you know, could take a stab at Stroman. I don't think he'll be worth the money or the draft pick compensation. He doesn't have that good. He doesn't have that great of a body of work in my opinion, I think he's a good pitcher. I take him every day of the week if, you know, the option, if, if the scenario was a little bit different, but you know, we're looking at a 
like we said, an uncertain offseason. I don't think the Yankees are going to pay and give up draft pick compensation with somebody who's not really a proven number two starter. Stroman strikes me as a number three, four guy. Um, I think his ceiling is a number two, but we haven't seen that yet. Uh, Paxton and, you know, another lefty in Quintana, another lefty in Mike Miner. I'd love a lefty, but I don't know if those guys are the answer based on their track records in recent years and their injury troubles in Paxton. Um, and then, you know, you go down the list. I think some intriguing options could be Jeff Samarja and Corey Kluber. Um, guys that you're going to kind of take a flyer on. Jeff Samarja is largely inconsistent. He's also 36 years old. Corey Kluber's dealt with injuries. He's 35 years old. The one pitcher I would want, you know, I want the familiarity. I want Masahiro Tanaka. I think it's a safe investment. Um, and I don't think any of the other guys are really going to move the needle for the Yankees. And like we said a million times, I think we missed the boat on Charlie Morton. I still like him as a pitcher, but that's not a guy who I'm going to bring in entering his age 37 season to bank on, you know, delivering the goods for us in high pressure situations yet again. That's quite an answer. Um, We are going to take a quick break. uh, And when we get back, I will reveal why I'm on a slightly different side on this issue. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So if introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra, its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast and pushing yourself further than ever before, You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. We are bringing back two pitchers. I'm bringing back Masahiro Tanaka. But if it's only one, I'm giving Charlie Morton a one-year deal. And I understand that we are late on this. And there is no way that, you know, it's not Charlie Morton from four years ago. And you're not banking on, you know, a young pitcher coming through or maintaining himself for years, or being the savior. Um, And and that's why, you know, obviously, if I have the chance to bring Tanaka back, I do it. There is nobody on the free agent market who I want to give a monster deal to. I don't care about paying Trevor Bauer. I certainly hope Marcus Stroman accepts the qualifying offer with the Mets. Um, There is, you know, there are guys like Mike Miner who I'm intrigued by. There are trade candidates like Lance Lynn, who I kind of like and you despise. There's nobody who really wets my whistle except for, you know, I would enjoy bringing back Tanaka, although we can all acknowledge he is a three-starter trending into becoming a four over the next couple of years. That's just where we are. And when the Yankees get Luis Severino back, that'll be great. But in terms of making, you know, they can't go into another postseason with Tanaka as their game two, and they can't go into another postseason pretending that having Tanaka will make, you know, him become playoff Tanaka and you just have a solution ready-made. Um, so you know, you can't, you can, that was what they did this year. Just being like, well, we're all good. We have playoff Tanaka in game three. Um, it, it's only a real thing if he's performing up to his, his, you know, two years ago level, you, you can't just bank on someone appearing in the playoffs. And we, we learned that lesson hopefully. 
Um, it would just be awesome to have a one-year stopgap like Charlie Morton in there. I know he's old, uh, but I do really genuinely feel like if the Yankees were to add someone like Charlie Morton, it would make Yankee fans feel the same way as adding DJ LeMahieu a couple years ago. When he arrived and you're suddenly like, oh, wait, you, you can have a contact hitter with 20 homer power who hits with runs in scoring position. You can just have that. People do that. Like, Morton would make people think the same. Like, wait, you can just have a guy who throws six shutout innings in a playoff game? That You, you can do that in, in game two? Behind Garrett Cole, you, you can have two of those? What's going on? He's only throwing 70 pitches. You can do that? Like, I, I think one year of Charlie Morton would be extremely worth it. Uh, two years would be, you know, pointless. But I, I think Charlie Morton is close to the end of his career, and that would be my move. Okay, that is it for this edition of the Mailbag. Uh, we do appreciate the questions, and we would welcome some more. So if you have further mailbag questions, please do hit us up with those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and pop into Google Podcasts and Spotify, too. Let us know how you're feeling. Uh, but make sure to leave your mailbag question with your five-star reviews. And we do thank the people who reached out to us already. Uh, that was very fun. However, this pod up till now has basically been us just revving our engines, getting ready for the main event the Boston Red Sox have not only rehired Alex Cora as their manager after a brief one-year hiatus for cheating with two separate organizations, but they announced the move 15 minutes after Joe Biden surged ahead of Donald Trump in the state of Pennsylvania, tilting the election results. The Boston Red Sox just put forth a Hall of Fame news dump. And for that, we'd like to introduce a new segment called the hate update you're now listening to thomas and adam blasting the boston red sox this is the hate update wow thank you for that that's uh that that really encapsulates how we feel and what we're about to do uh we're gonna play that every time we have a chance to go off on the red sox or the rays or the astros which is probably going to be at least once a week and the Cora hire is the most blatantly disrespectful thing the Red Sox have done since, I don't know, like two months ago when they tweeted the reset button and if you know, you know about Mookie Betts and the luxury tax. Uh, Thomas, this is the most embarrassing that this organization has been, and it feels like the rest of America is sort of realizing that the Red Sox are scum, uh, which is awesome and bodes really well for 2021. Uh, at what point does this just tilt and the Yankees aren't the enemy anymore and the world opens their eyes and sees that the Red Sox are the ones who are gross? It kind of feels like we're there. I, ho I hope we're there. I mean, that's I feel like we should have been there for like seven years now after that 2013 dirtbag team won the World Series. It's like, are you kidding me? Uh, I can't say enough about this. I mean, not only did not only were all these updates snuck in throughout the election, the Red Sox, who Heim Bloom, there was reports that he was like the only guy in this organization that didn't want to bring Cora back. I guess that he viewed it as uh, too much of a taboo type thing because of Cora's reputation and because of what had happened. And if you look at what, what had happened last offseason, they mutually parted ways with Cora, who got suspended from Major League Baseball. And the Mets, fi the Mets fired Carlos Beltran before he even managed a game. And Beltron didn't even get suspended. He was just implicated in this. So now you're telling me that the Mets get royally screwed because I think Steve Cohen probably keeps Carlos Beltron as manager as after he comes in, at, you know, taking over for the Wilpons. So the Mets just made this move to like, I guess, be good guys and be like, look, it's bad. 
we know you probably weren't like the main guy involved, but we can't have this PR. It's not good for baseball. It's not good for us. You know, we're already enough of a laughing stock. We don't need more of that on our, uh, you know, more of a target on our back. And then you have the Red Sox who mutually part ways with Cora, who's suspended for a year. And then immediately, like, how infatuated does ownership have to be with this guy to make this happen? Heim Bloom and another Red Sox, was it Sam Kennedy or one of the other Red Sox execs? They flew to Puerto Rico to talk to him this week. He didn't, Alex Cora didn't fly to Boston to talk to them. They flew to Puerto Rico. They flew there to talk to him about a job that he already had, about a job that he got (laughs) fired for, for cheating. Are they bringing back the video guy too? Is that part of the deal? Or is that guy banned from Major League Baseball for life? Look, I don't care about this. It's a dirtbag move. Cora, I don't think, really moves the needle. Yes, he went 104 and 50, uh, 108 and 54 in his rookie year as manager, cruised through the postseason with 11 and 3 record, beat the Dodgers in five games to become World Series champs, also steamrolled through the Yankees and the Astros. It was wildly impressive. But you can't sit here and tell us that there wasn't something going on in Boston after he, the ringleader of the Houston Astros cheating scandal, immediately came over to the Red Sox, had this smashing success with a roster, you know, pretty much the exact same roster John Farrell had. I know John Farrell probably wasn't the greatest of managers, but I mean, come on. And then he goes 84 and 78 the very next season with the very same roster. So whatever, I think it's, I think still there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of controversy here. Boston's going to be dealing with a lot of shit in the media, which I don't think that they realized for some reason, I think that they think they're above that. But this is a bad optics hire. They're going to get stuff for it from fans. Core is going to get booed mercilessly on the road, especially with division rivals. Um, and after he followed up the season with, t- what, what was it, 24 fewer wins? I, I don't, you know, I, I, with the same roster, and you don't even make the playoffs. Like, uh, fine, bring him in. Let, let's see what happens. That's the thing. We've already now seen Cora fail. He failed miserably in 2019. He couldn't keep a sinking ship together. He got four games swept at Yankee Stadium in a series that the Red Sox absolutely had to have. The only series they basically performed well in all year was that one outlier series at Fenway where it was pretty clear they were stealing signs once again, just bludgeoning Masahiro Tanaka like 15-1 or whatever. The the Yankees couldn't get anybody out. Then they go to Yankee Stadium and the Red Sox can't buy a hit or do anything in the clutch. Huh, weird, strange. Um, Yeah, JT Watkins, the video guy, is the only person who's going to have to eat it for the Red Sox scandal. Um, The only difference between the Red Sox and Astros is that they didn't have a Mike Fires like whistleblower in Boston. I'm fairly confident that in 35 years, if you relitigate that situation, you find something. Um, But we'll never know. All we know is that Alex Cora, who cheated in Houston, went to Boston, won 108 games. Pretty much very clear what happened there. The next year was far worse then got a slap on the wrist. If you remember last offseason, when the report came out about what happened in Houston, people were talking about Cora being suspended for three years or life. They were saying if Hinch got a one-year suspension for just overseeing it and being, you know, the, not the ringleader, but someone who was just watching it out of the corner of his eye, being like, I can't believe you guys are still cheating, then Cora was poised to get three years or more. As soon as he only got one year, you knew he was coming back to Boston. We were waiting for this day. And, and just the juicy fact that they announced it 10 minutes after the presidential race flipped on its head shows they knew exactly what they were doing was shameful and a little bit gross, and they would have gotten mocked for it. 
at any other time. Shout out to uh, Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza and Pirates coach Don Kelly, who both reportedly interviewed multiple times for the Red Sox job. That's embarrassing that the Red Sox would just waste those two people's time when they could have just hired Alex Cora last February. They could have pre-hired Alex Cora. They could have scheduled a Google Calendar event, hire Alex Cora for the day his suspension uh, became rescinded. Um, But I do want to just draw your attention briefly uh, to the fact that the media tongue bath of Alex Cora is already happening. This is something we're going to have to be prepared for. Fans are going to boo like crazy, and it's turned the Red Sox into a heel, and I love that. It, you know, the Fans will not let the Red Sox off the hook for letting Cora waltz back to his old job, but the media definitely will. And so Andy Martino of SNY tweeted this morning, Alex Cora did something he later knew was wrong, as he told people close to him. He owned it privately and is a special manager, so a good day for the Red Sox. Now – Doing something you later know is wrong after doing it two consecutive years in two different cities is an unbelievable statement. It's like it's George Costanza getting confronted by his boss for sleeping with the cleaning lady going, is that wrong? Should I not have done that? Because if I knew that I shouldn't have done that, then like it's the same. It's that gif. It's that brief clip. The only reason he knew it was wrong was that somebody eventually decided to say, I think there was cheating going on in both Houston and Boston. MLB, you should check this out. Because if Major League Baseball hadn't investigated, if all the footage of the trash cans hadn't emerged and the TV screen and all that stuff, if Cora's name had never been connected to the scheme in either city, he absolutely never would have decided this was wrong. Um, If it takes a reckoning and a suspension for you to realize that cheating the game of baseball and getting an illicit video advantage is wrong, then you're not the kind of person with the moral fiber to hold a leadership position. So best of luck to the Boston Red Sox. I told Alex Cora to suck on it when he was fired. Um, I will rescind that suck on it, and I will hold on to that suck on it until Cora fails again. Uh, Because one thing Alex Cora has never done is manage a team that has no pitching. So – We'll see what happens when Chris Sale shows up in the middle of the year. Um, the Eduardo Rodriguez situation is very sad and scary, but you can't really count on him. Uh, so this is going to be Cora, and they don't have Martin Perez. So Cora, Nathan Evaldi, and Nick Pavetta, and Tanner Houck, and question mark, question mark, and question mark, question mark. Maybe Kurt Schilling comes back. Now that Trump is probably going to be out of office, That you know, Kurt Schilling can't be Secretary of State anymore. So maybe he becomes uh, the five starter or pitching coach. I don't know. Uh, but Cora doesn't have the full complement of men he needs. Uh, and we already know what it looks like when he tries to manage the exact same 108 win world champion roster without the advantage of a video room guy whispering rat stuff to JD Martinez. So let's just see what it looks like. I'm glad the juice is back in the rivalry, frankly, because without Alex Cora, there was absolutely nothing to make me pay attention to the 2021 Red Sox. And now there's at least something. Uh, so that is it for this week's edition of the Pizza Friday Yanks Go Yard podcast. Appreciate that hate update segment break. We're going to be going to that a lot this year, especially now that Corey is back in our lives. Man, it does feel good that the rest of the world is now putting their watchful eyes on Boston again. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so until next time, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to your pods and drop us some more mailbag questions because we need a whole new batch. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got all the content coming for you this weekend, next week. It's going to keep on flowing. 
And until then, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hey, seriously, now that the core stress is gone, try to enjoy your weekend. Goodbye, everybody. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.